I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the first seven verses this morning to us. And uh, before I do that, uh, it's good to see Nathan. Uh, where's Nathan Ruff? I saw him visiting with us. One of our students is back. There may be some others here. Any other students that are with us today? So I don't miss you. Okay. And uh, somebody can help me out with two quick updates so that we can be in prayer about that. Uh, Nancy Skeen, did she get home? She did go to the... Uh, of rehab. That was the debate before I heard the last word on it. So she's in rehab. And Lorraine Stringer, did she come home or is she still in rehab? Doug, where are you? Thank you. Okay. All right. Because I saw, I spoke to one, I saw the other, and they were both in rehab. So keep that in your prayers. All right. First Corinthians chapter 12, first seven verses I'd like to read. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, <clears throat> I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries in the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Let's pray. Our Father in God, I thank you and praise you for the word of God. We thank you for this opportunity today on a special occasion. And just pray that you administer the word of God to us that we would understand it, but more importantly, Father, that it would not just be theology, but, Father, that it would work itself out in practicality in our lives right here in this local body, and it would help us in our understanding. So with our time spent in the Word this morning, we pray that you'd use it in our lives, that the Spirit of God would teach each one of us. We thank you for this opportunity. In Christ's name, amen. Please be seated. For those of you who may be visiting, we are normally in the book of 1 Peter, and that's what we are doing. We go verse by verse. We believe in expositional preaching. But this morning, I'm gonna, the title of this morning's message for purposes of the tape and the, the website is Body Life. Body Life. And I'm going to go through some things with references to Scripture to save us a little bit of time. But what is going on right now on the earth? Well... According to the Lord Jesus Christ, in Matthew chapter 16 is where he was talking to his disciples when Peter was responding to, who do you say that I am? And he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And on that statement, the Lord Jesus Christ said that Christ will build his church. And as we have studied together in this local assembly, that is what is still going on today. The Lord Jesus Christ is not just in heaven somewhere out there with no connection. He is still in the process of building his church. He is drawing people to himself. He is helping people to understand that all men are sinners and have come short of the glory of God, and that required death. The wages and penalty of sin is death, and that is not just physical death, but eternal separation from God, really as defined in Thessalonians, that's what will eventually happen. Those that will not be in the presence of God, will be uh, separated from him for all eternity. But in the meantime, Jesus Christ is drawing people to himself because he came to this earth 
took on flesh, and in taking on flesh, he grew as a man, and he went to the cross as a sinless sacrifice for sin. He, he was without sin, and he took sin, the penalty of sin, upon him. And he satisfied the righteousness of God, thereby making it possible to be in the presence of God. He rose from the dead, getting victory over death, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for believers, and will always continue to intercede, and also drawing others to the cross that they might see that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come unto the Father but by him. And that is in the process of what's called building the church. And as I have taught here, and just want to briefly say this to you, we think of church, we ought not to think of a structure like this building, and that's usually what we say, I'm going to New England to look and check out these churches, and we think of a building, but Christ's church is an organism. And I'm giving you in brief form, we've preached on this before, but it is an organism. It is not a club, it is not an organization. There are local churches like this, and there are many of them, good ones. But we are called, if you remember the, one of the passages that I read, we are called the household of God in the book of Ephesians. It isn't a structure like that, but he likens it to a household or a building so that we can grasp the concept. We are called the church. We are called in Ephesians chapter 2 that I also read, the body of Christ. We are his body. So the true church is the, makes up the body of Christ. And as we talk about the structure in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, it says that Christ is the head. No pastor is the head of the church. No elders are the head of the church. The pope is not the head of the church. The, uh, the uh, priests are not the head of the church. No imams. No one, as far as a human person, is the head of the true church of Jesus Christ. He is the head. Everybody is responsible to him. And we all, who truly have trusted in him, who by faith have come to trust in Jesus Christ, make up his universal body. All of us. I am no different from you. I happen to be up here exercising my gift right now. That is all. I have no special place just like you. We are all part of the body of Christ who have trusted in Christ. He's the head. Every believer that is saved, as we use that term, is born again, has been born from above. That's a true Christian. They are part of the body. So it doesn't make any difference whether you are a young person, preteen, or whether you're a senior saint. It doesn't matter. Those who have trusted in Christ are all part of that body. Now, what is the purpose of this body? It is obviously to glorify God. We are here to glorify God, those who have been drawn to Jesus Christ. And how do we do that? Well, in, in brief summary, to get us our minds thinking in that direction, the scriptures clearly teach us that we glorify God, first of all, if we belong to him, by growing in Christ. We ought to grow in Christ, grow in our love for him like we just sang. We ought to grow in our appreciation for him for what he has done. We ought to grow in Christ's likeness. That is one of the ways that we bring glory to him. Another way is by ministering to the body. By all of us being involved in the ministry to the body because, as we will refer to it in a couple of moments, 
God has gifted every believer. There is no believer that has not got a spiritual gift. That's terrible English, but you got the point. Okay, all believers, let me put it in the positive. All believers have spiritual gifts, at least one. And we are to live also, we bring glory to God by living every day as a witness, by living a holy life that is separated unto God as a witness to the world. We are a light, as Philippians puts it. As believers, we are to glorify God by growing in Christ-likeness, by ministering to the body, and by living in the midst of the world that we live in, which is obviously by every newspaper we pick up or every internet article we read or whatever the medium might be that we see, we're living in a fallen world. And also, part of the bringing glory is proclaiming the gospel, is telling others of the good news because they are without hope. And they need the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is part of our responsibility. And if you look at the Apostle Paul, he had such a heart for the people of Israel who didn't know God that he even got to the point that said he would be willing to give up his salvation if he could just to see them come to know their Savior. What a heart he had for people. And so, why are we doing that? We're waiting for the return. Now, I always hear believers talk about the rapture or talk about the Lord coming back, and yeah, we, but it's kind of flippant. We are to be living in a way that we realize that Christ has saved us, and he came the first time and now has paid the penalty, but folks, he's coming back. And we ought to be looking forward to that. The scriptures are abundant on that. And in the meantime, we're involved in these things as we prepare to meet him. And to meet him in all his glory and to be with him for all eternity. But I'd like you to turn to that passage in Ephesians chapter 4. We will come back to Corinthians, so please keep your finger there for a moment. This is important. So how does the body life work while we're here? I think it's important. We've, we've preached on this passage but we find out that God has given gifted men to the church. He's given apostles, he's given prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers. But I want you to say this. Why has he done this? So that the pastors might do everything in the church. Did you notice that in verse 12? That's what it says, right? So the pastors might get exhausted by trying to run the nursery by trying to run the senior saints ministry, the transportation ministry, somehow getting into the pulpit, preaching a message, then getting in there, cleaning the floors, and uh, putting everything up, and, and when it's all said and done, come and sing in the choir. And somebody said, that's right, okay? That's wrong. You know the point that I'm trying to get at. That's not what it says. Look at what it says. Why are these people gifted and given to the church? For the equipping. What is that? We understand that very quickly. I would spend more time on it. But for this morning, it's like anything else. If you're going to build a house, you need the right tools. You need the equipping uh, to be able to do that, right? The equipment and, and to be able to do that. And if you're going to function in the body, you have to be equipped. You have to have some understanding uh, of what's expected. You have to understand how to use the tools and, and whatever. Well, they're given for that purpose. Why? For the work of service. That is, they are to be equipped for the work. Who is to be involved in the work of Jesus Christ? Guess, guess what, folks? All of us. The entire body. We are all. I need you. You need me. Believe it or not. We do. 
We all need one another. And part of the teaching ministry of a pastor teacher is to equip the saints for the work of service. Watch this. To the building up of the body in Christ. And so we have the unity of this, the, the faith. We have, we have maturity. And we basically measure up to the stature of the fullness of Christ. And what happens? So that when doctrines come along by men, we're not fooled. We're not tossed to and fro. We understand what the word of God says and we're able to live it. And I want you to see very quickly, jump down to verse 16. Because it says the whole body has been fitted together. One of the things that helped me, and I have nothing to do with carpentry, and you're glad. So is my wife. All right? But, for example, my brother-in-law is an excellent carpenter. And one thing I do remember is uh, just how the old-fashioned drawers used to, today they're glued together. But a tongue and groove, you understand what I'm talking about? Some of you know what I mean by tongue and groove? How many know what tongue and groove is? Whoa, I'm shocked, okay. But tongue and groove, it just comes again and it fits in and it locks in together, right? That's what he's saying there. Basically, the whole body is fitted together by Christ. It's fitted in, and I want you to catch this, by what every joint supplies. If I were to take a draw, for example, and in the tongue and groove there was supposed to be four, and two of them were out like this, the draw wouldn't be steady. It would break, probably. It wouldn't have the strength that it should have. Why? Because it, it, all the parts aren't fitted together properly. And that would be true with the structure. If we just decided we're going to have a roof, but we don't have those sidewalls, I don't think the roof would stay up. Right? Well, how about the body of Christ? Everybody has been gifted, and listen, you supply. And it's the working of each part so that the body can grow up in itself with maturity, really for the glory of God. Now go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So what's the point? The point is, and I want you to see this quickly before we kind of wrap this up this morning, that Christ is the one that's building his church. He didn't just call you for salvation, listen, so that you can get a ticket to heaven and just go and party all your time on earth. Many Christians view it that way. Just leave me alone. I've got too many things on my schedule. I've got a lot of work. I've got a lot of things to do in the family. You know, and besides, I need a vacation every other week, and, and I need to do this, and I need to do that, and I have this long bucket list, I think is the way we put it today, bucket list of things I want to accomplish, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. And somewhere along the line, I have some time for Christ. But don't worry, because I'm going to be in heaven with him. I hope that's not the thinking of anybody here. But if it is, it's wrong. Christ didn't leave us here for that. He left us here as his witness, as a testimony, so that we would grow in our love for him and exercise the gifts that he's given us for the benefit of the body. You notice that in 1 Corinthians when I read it. Go back to chapter 12. I want you to see this. There's a variety of gifts in verse 4. It is one spirit that works them. But listen. As the body functions properly, there will be different outworkings. You might have the gift of teaching, and I might have the gift of teaching, but still, some people teach children, some people teach adults. The results might be different. That's what it talks about when it says the ministries. The variety of effects. That's what it's dealing with. Things work out differently. It's not going to all work out the same. It's because we are different, and God knew that. But we all fit together. And I want you to notice, why has God given you a gift? Verse 7. 
But to each one has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. We've been gifted for the benefit of the body. I haven't been given the gift of teaching so that I can look in the mirror and benefit myself every day. Now, I receive the benefit of having the gift, but uh, the gift of teaching that by God's grace he gave me is for the benefit of the whole body so that we might function together, so that I might exercise my gift and you might gather the benefits of that and learn from that. And it doesn't matter whether it's the gift of helps. It doesn't matter whether it's the gift of mercy, just to pick a couple off the top of my head. We all benefit so that when someone is able to go to the hospital and sit down with somebody and, and comfort them and encourage them and share scripture with them, the whole body has benefited from that. And so it's very important. And the person in the local church that, for example, transportation, and I'm not trying to pick on any particular ministry, goes and picks up some people who otherwise couldn't get here, and they take of their time and their energy, and they're doing that. The whole body is benefiting from it. And we need to see that that is God intent, intent, God's intent. And none of us can say, I don't need the rest of the body. Jump down very quickly to verse 14. I'm almost done. <clears throat> it says, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, Because I am not the hand. Let's, let's make that practical. I mean, we, we can see that picture. <clears throat> if the nursery worker says, I'm not in the pulpit. If the kitchen worker says, Well, I'm not driving a bus. If the people involved in transportation picking people up say, Well, I'm not involved in ushering. Well, I'm not involved in senior saints. Well, I'm not involved, in, so I'm not part of the body. Wrong. Wrong. We all need one another. And I'm appealing to you as a pastor right now. At Fellowship Bible Church, as we come in here, we need you. And you need us. We need you to exercise your gifts so the body is functioning. We're caring for one another. God's getting the glory. Through that, people will be attracted to Christ as they see how we love one another, as they see how it truly isn't just words, it's functioning, how we see the gift that we've got and we exercise that gift. And so this whole purpose of the ministry today, and we will be going in there in just a moment, is this. Where do you fit in? You say, I haven't got the foggiest idea, Pastor Dan. I just don't know where to serve. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Great. Today's a good day to learn. Where do you fit in? What ministries do we have here at Fellowship? Where can I exercise? I don't even know what gift I've got. Well, go in the multipurpose room. See what the ministries are. Ask the Lord. Walk out of here today. Ask questions. See what's going on. And honestly, I, I kind of kidded about it a little bit. You may look and say, you know, that church doesn't have this type of ministry. That's what the suggestion box is for. But if you know about the ministry or see the need, are you willing to step in and let us see how the Lord uses you to, to, to accomplish that? This isn't about Fellowship Bible Church, for those of you that don't know. There's a signs, all kinds of signs out in that foyer about 50th anniversary. We've been here over 50 years. This is not about building numbers. Now, there's nothing wrong with numbers. Don't say, hey, Pastor Dan doesn't care about numbers. None of us are coming back next week. That's not the point. You missed everything. That, that isn't it. But it's not about that. This ministry has never been. In fact, if you're visiting today over the 50 years, 
One thing that's been true with this church is usually when it gets up around 250, 300, people are sent forth and another church ends up starting. Or people go other places. Now there are people that come and go with, as with any church. But the idea is that the body be functioning the way it should be functioning. And we have to be honest. Every church faces this, that some people are doing 16 ministries and other people aren't doing any. And if you're the one that happens to be in that category of not fitting any, and maybe you're visiting here from the state of California today, and you're not going to come back and say, I don't have any benefit of this, you might find, if you're a believer in Christ, by going into there and seeing the ministries that are going on, that the Lord might help you to further your gifts so that when you go back to your local church, you're able to function. Or you see a ministry that says, our church doesn't have that. That's a good idea. You see? Because it's not about us. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we need you. We need one another, and we ought to be exercising. So whether you're a senior saint, whether you're a nursery person, the babies won't know what to do, go get them. But come on in because there's a ministry here for you. Let's see how the Lord can use us. Go in there, ask questions, discover what you can, enjoy some food and fellowship, and have a wonderful time with one another. I'm going to close in prayer. It's fine to see what the body wants, what Christ has done, what he's doing. But where do we fit in? Let's go find out. And let's see how God can use us. Maybe the Lord will stimulate you in, in such a way that you'll find something today or you'll give us some good ideas. After I close in prayer, all of those that are manning tables, uh, we're going to dismiss you to get your children and go take your children and you can go in there. And then the closing song and then everybody get your, make sure you don't forget your children in the nursery. Get them and then come on in. Enjoy the ministries, go ask questions, go give suggestions, go do whatever's going on, and go get some food and have a great time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, for his love for us. The scriptures clearly tell, for you so loved the world that you sent your only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. We thank you, Father, that salvation is not of works. We thank you, Father, that no man being dead would ever come to Christ apart from the work of you drawing us. But we thank you for the many in this church who have come to Christ. Thank you for this local assembly that you've raised up over 50 years ago and, Father, how we're continuing to function. Thank you for the many who are serving, and I thank you for those even in our midst today who don't know how they should serve or what they could do. And I pray that as we meet together, you just work among us, that the fellowship would be sweet, bless the food that we'll have, and might this be a blessed time of you helping us to see where we fit into the body and how we can grow. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, directors for the tables, you can go, and uh, it'll be a closing song, and uh, then everybody else, and please take advantage of it. Use the restrooms or whatever, but then go out there.